It is Friday, so you know what that means. Time for Options Action. Here's what we have on deck. Coming up on the big show tonight. Carter Worth is raising a glass to what he says remains the single best opportunity in the market right now. Then, Captain Dan Nathan has a combat plan if this retailer starts taking a dive around earnings. Plus, we put a very level-headed Mike to work, but he does have a practical plan to prepare for volatility. It's time to risk less and make more. Options action starts now. And let's get right to it. Healthcare getting a boost today as President Trump announced a new plan. Eamon Javers has the very latest from D.C. Eamon. Melissa, the president spoke in the Roosevelt Room at the White House today to, to roll out uh, what this administration is doing on health care transparency. The president views this as a political win because a lot of people around the country agree with him that this is a kind of a shady area of pricing at hospitals. You don't have any idea what all these different procedures you're getting necessarily cost. The president wants to change that. Here's what he would do. The president saying that hospitals will now have to reveal discounted rates that they negotiate with their insurance. They're going to have to disclose prices on about 300 different services that you would schedule in advance. So in theory, patients would be able to then look at the prices and pick and choose uh, what they want and compare prices among hospitals. Uh, most health care plans would be required to reveal the rates within and out of network doctors. And if there are any differences between those rates, people would be able to see that. The hospital industry, though, says it may challenge the changes today. So we'll see whether there's a legal fight here. The administration's today... Melissa said that they believe they're on solid legal footing making these changes, and they say they're prepared to weather any legal challenge that comes from the hospital industry. All right. Eamon, thank you. Eamon Javers joining us from the White House tonight. Um, and as this was going on, as the president was unveiling uh, this new rule, this proposal, health care was staging a rebound. The sector was up in today's session. It's, in fact, up 6 percent over the last month, still the second worst performing sector of the year. The chart master says it is the single best opportunity in the market. So make the case, Carter. Right. So I think a couple of things. First of all, what you led with, it, it is the worst performing sector because energy isn't even a sector, right? Energy is only 4% of the S&P and two stocks, Exxon and Chevron, are half the way to the sector. So if you're looking at sort of real sectors, it is the worst performer. So that's the opportunity. And yet it's now a recent outperformer, as you also uh, said, Melissa, meaning it's on a longer-term basis underperformed. Now you have the setup of one, two, three, four weeks of outperformance. And then here's the other thing. It's the second biggest sector in the market, right? So it's a very important sector that's lagged, that's showing nascent uh, relative performance. And the betting here is that this, uh, which whether it's a political overhang or what, what you call it, is actually a place to commit capital versus chasing things that might be a bit steep, like an apple, or chasing the cyclical trade, which has already had a lot of money go into it, banks, industrials. And notice those are sort of pulling back a bit. I think this is the single best opportunity in the market. So, Mike, what's the trade? Yeah, I think the healthcare sector is kind of interesting for a couple of reasons. I mean, one of the things we can look at, we can look at valuation. It has been a weak performer, possibly because of some political reasons. That would be certainly a reason why it would be under some pressure. Uh, from a valuation perspective, that means it has not necessarily seen an increase in valuations concurrent with the market, both on price to sales, price to earnings. Um, however, like the rest of the market, options premia are exceptionally cheap. So I think the way to make a play here is to keep it very simple. 
I was looking at the January 97 calls. Those were just out of the money when I was looking at them earlier today. $1.65 is what you would pay for those. That's less than 2% of the level of XLV when you're looking at that. So this is one of those situations where uh, going into a spread wouldn't make a great deal of sense because just going and buying that outright call is a very reasonable price and I think a reasonable way to make a bullish bet here. Do you like healthcare here? Um, so I like the way they lay it out. I mean, when you think about the XLV in particular, you look at Johnson & Johnson, which is really underperforms the largest um, you know, uh, component at 10%, and you say to yourself, it wouldn't take too many of these things to start going higher for this thing to break out meaningfully. So as far as Mike's trade's concerned, I mean, the idea of playing this long base that it's been in and just buying a call that is very near the money two months out, I think your risk-reward is really favorable here. And I think there's a lot of ways you win. If the market continues to go higher, then you will see laggards like this start to participate. But it also may start to act a little defensive or people may like start thinking about things a little differently setting up into 2020. And that's why I like this thing playing it into January near the money. You know, it's interesting you mentioned Johnson and Johnson. Typically, yeah. it is a defensive stock. Typically, it is a very uh, stable stock. It's not one that moves a lot. It moved close to four dollars today. I mean, this has to be one of the larger moves we've seen in Johnson and Johnson uh, in quite a long time. So that, I think, is pretty interesting. The other thing is just reaching out and trying to make a bullish bet of any type in any any sector right now has to give almost every investor a little bit of pause here. We've, we've seen a, an incredible rally here. We're sitting at all-time highs. And to reach out and chase stocks by going out and buying equities at this stage, uh, when they're relatively expensive, rather than using options right now, which are relatively cheap, is just, I can't imagine why anybody would do that. This is a short-term trade, and so do you believe that the political influences on healthcare that we've seen sort of dominate earlier, they can creep back in as we approach the election? Uh, as the election approaches, I think that's certainly possible. Um, however, I would say both the way that healthcare performed this week and the way that the market has performed this week suggest that maybe we're going to see some other political effects coming in. So, I mean, without getting too far into it, let's just say that there are some candidates who are less friendly to health care and less right. friendly to the market, and there are some candidates who might be better, and uh, the market's behaving like it's going to see some better candidates. And we know that uh, one of the important characteristics of investing and trading, and frankly, uh, any part of capital exposure to risk, is that Often after something is moved, money looks around to find the next thing that's going to move. We see it all the time. It could be GE coming off the bottom or a, or a Kraft Heinz. Now, as a group, because it is, again, second biggest, and because it has both offensive and defensive characteristics, I think money is going to seek this out. And it's not new today, although today was very big. It's been going on three, four, five weeks, and that's a big tell. All right. Well, from healthcare to retail, a slew of big names set to report earnings next week, including names like Home Depot, Lowe's, Macy's, and Target. Speaking of Target, check out that stock. It's up a whopping 71% this year, sitting just inches away from all-time highs. But as a retailer gears up to report earnings next week, Dan here is betting the results may be off target. So why don't you break it down? Yeah, I, I think it's important to say, like you said, Mel, the stock's up 71% of the year. It's a massive outperformer in the retail space. And we also know that a lot of the big box guys are really doing a lot of heavy lifting as it relates to retail. We know that Walmart's outperforming the S&P. Uh, Home Depot and then Costco obviously significantly outperform the S&P. But this one, this is the big one. And there's that line right in the middle there in August. You see where the stock went up about 20% in one day. And that's when they reported their fiscal Q2 earnings. They guided up for the year. They showed some really good comps. They showed great results um, in their omni-channel strategy. That's, that would be you know online and offline working well together. But I think as we go into this earnings report, the options market is implying a pretty hefty move, about 6.5%. This stock has moved on average about 11% 
percent over the last four quarters. Obviously, last quarter's 20 percent move skews that a little bit. But look at that move right there. Since that breakout, I think it closed that day on August 21st at 103. It has held that gap and has actually been trending upward. That generally is pretty constructive. But that's the one that's really interesting to me also, especially if you're a bull on this name. Look at that five-year base that it broke out of. I suspect that that level in the mid-80s is going to be significant technical support for a while. But my trade thinking about next week's earnings in particular is just that they're not going to be able to guide up the way that they did in August. I think that reset investors' expectations a little bit. But I would be playing over the next month for a pullback. Some of the consumer data, some of the intentions that we've had about buying into the holiday season seems a little depressed. So the idea in my mind is that if they were to give disappointing guidance, it should kind of pull back a little bit to, I don't know, just above 100 where it gapped to last quarter. I would look at December expiration. Option premiums look fair, you know, into the print. I know that that implied move seems kind of high, but considering the stock's up 70, 71% on the year, I would look to a put spread targeting that $100 level. So today when the stock closed at 113 and a quarter, you could buy the December 110, 110, uh, 110 100 put spread, paying $2.50 for that buying one of the December 110 puts at 350, selling one of the 100 puts at a buck. That breaks even down 5% at 107.5, and you make up to 107.5 between 107.5 down to 100. Your max gains there. I like the risk reward of this trade. We have the event. I have a month. We have the S&P teetering here at all-time highs every new day. I think you know a combination of disappointing guidance and then a little bit of pullback in the market, you have this stock back at 103. I was just going to say, and big day today. We all agree. Green. And who was down? Walmart, Walmart was down. Yeah. Amazon was down. And Walmart put up a big number, uh, what you'd call a classic key reversal day. It flares up and closes on the low. Uh, that's a tell. And I think it's going to happen here. Too. We're, you know, and targets at two-year highs in terms of valuation. If it was trading at its mean valuation, where would it be trading? About $100, which is kind of interesting. That's the put strike that you chose. Here's something else that's interesting about that strike. If you take a look at the last 44 quarters where Target reported earnings and you took a look at how it behaved one month following that earnings result, you would find that out of 44 reported quarters, it fell more than 10% only two times. All right? So 100 bucks is down a little over 10% from where the stock closed today. So by selling that, you're mitigating gaining the cost of putting on this trade fairly considerably, almost 30% of the premium that you're spending on the higher strike put, but the likelihood that it drops below that put strike that you're selling, very, very low if historical performance is any guide. All right. For everything Options Action, check out the website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, you can check out our super cool newsletter. Here's what else is coming up next. It's been a great month for stocks, with all the major indices sitting at record highs, but... If you're worried the recent run is about to roll over, our Mike Coe is laying out his volatility protection playbook. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. Welcome back to Options Action. Check out those bright, shiny, brand new all-time highs across the three major indices. Looking pretty good, right? Well, beware. Our chart master, Carter Worth, says there could be a big explosion ahead. Cornerstone Macro's Carter Worth over at the Plaza with more. Carter? Take a look. So what we know is that this is one month that's transpired, and every day, every hour, every tick, the market is making new highs, and yet the VIX is not making new lows. So it is holding here. In principle, one might think that as the market goes higher, the VIX would be making sharp new lows. And yet, for whatever reason, uh, it is holding. And I want to focus in on this level, okay? So take a look 
over the past month. And basically, watch what happens when I draw lines here. We have held this level just as we did here, just as we did here, and we're starting to do this again. Now, I've got these arrows drawn. Does it have to be that you get a big explosion, or is it that, or is it that? I mean, look, the, the bull would say, no, no, Carter, it's going to actually do this, and this is what's coming. But this setup, this triple bottom, let's pull it back again a little further. So here's going back. There's your uh, collapse in December, i.e. in equities, your spike in VIX. Here is this key level again. And even as we've ticked higher, the market has continued to sort of at the volatility level, not make new lows. My hunch is that this could very well be the setup for that kind of thing. Uh, I would also point out that you've got uh, near record uh, short positioning in VIX as reported by the Commodity Commission, and that often is the setup for something going the other way. All right, so Mike, you have a call to action from the VIX. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously if you think that the VIX is gonna go higher, that's a corollary to saying you think that the market's going to go lower. Trading the VIX itself is actually very tough to do because the VIX index itself is not tradable. There are VIX futures. There are options on those VIX futures. But actually, this is really, I think, something to think about as a hedge. So here are some things you ought to be thinking about if you do that. Number one, you want to hedge tactically. And I think we've identified a reason why you might want to hedge tactically. We've obviously had this period. We've seen that off of similar setups in the past, we have seen a market drawback and a big spike in volatility. The other thing is make sure that you size your trades appropriately. So you don't want to spend too much premium making your bearish bets. And finally, think about this as an insurance play. The market obviously is very strong here. When you spend insurance premium, one of the things that you're expecting is that it's not going to pay off. You buy insurance on your car, hopefully you don't crash. But if it does crash, you've got that if you need it. Here's something else I would really want you to think about. Obviously, we pointed out that stocks and volatility move in opposite directions. You can see that in this chart here where we're basically mapping the VIX over the S&P. You can see that those spikes in volatility correspond to drawdowns in the S&P. Why don't we also take a quick look at SPX options? This is what the VIX is actually based on. And it is the reason why when the market rallies typically, the VIX drops because you start migrating towards higher strikes where implied volatility is lower, and when the market declines, you go towards those lower strikes where implied volatility is higher. That's the reason that you see that anti-correlation. One of the things that we could point out right now is that we're at basically you know, the base level of volatility, which means that options are inexpensive. One way you could play this, I was looking to January, the 300-280 put spread when I was looking at this earlier today. $3.25 you could spend for the January 300 puts in SPY. Sell the 280s against it for 110 That would represent approximately a 10% decline from the current level if it fell to that strike that you're short. Let's think about this for a second. This is a $20 put spread. You're spending $2.15, which is you know, about 1.5% uh, right now of where the S&P is currently trading. So you're spending relatively small amount relative to where SPY is. You get a fairly big payoff in the event of a decline. And that is a setup that you get simply because you have this current condition in volatility where options premiums, especially at the money, are exceptionally low. Yeah, so talking about at-the-money options premiums, is another way you could chart this. You could look at implied volatility, the price of options, the SPY. And if you look at that chart, it looks a lot like the VIX chart. It's banging along a bottom that it's been on um, around 10% or so. And usually we've seen some nice 
upticks involved from that point. What does that mean? That means the SPY goes the other way. It goes down. So I like Mike's trade. I mean, he's literally break even down, what, three and a half, four percent or something like that. But the whole idea of having like maybe a nine to one or something like that payout, I think is pretty attractive. So to me, I, I think it makes sense in these periods. I'll just mention one other point. We're about ready to go into Thanksgiving. And then we have Christmas. And then we have New Year's. And so what do options do when they're not trading? They decay, right? And so the idea of doing this as a spread, I think, makes a lot of sense. Because if you were just to buy that outright put, that thing might be decaying faster than you think it would in a normal trading period. What is the corollary chart in terms of the markets? Well, again, so the market, we had a little bit of a sort of a flattish top over the last uh, six, seven, eight sessions, but it's still a rising tick by tick circumstance, whereas that's not the reciprocal for VIX. It just is not making new lows. So either that's a foreshadowing of what might be coming, or again, as I point out there, the bear would say, no, the VIX is about to crash to 10. Actually, I would make a quick point about that. If you start seeing the market make new highs and you start seeing volatility also rise, both realized and implied, that is a real warning sign. We've seen that. Uh, we actually saw a little bit of a precursor to that in the last quarter of last year. Uh, we saw that absolutely in some of the big significant market drawdowns that we have seen. We saw implied volatility rising before the credit crisis. We saw it rising into the tech wreck. So if you go back in history, one of the things you'll see is that that anxiety level starts to rise when people feel that the market is stretched and they start going out and spending some premium, not willing to call a top in the market, but willing to say, look, you know, I mean, how much farther can we go? Uh, and if you start to see that confluence of events, then I would be a lot more anxious than I am right How now. How long does that condition have to last for you to be concerned before you say, you know what, maybe we are headed for those periods. Well, you should, be, you should be keeping an eye on it regardless of how... I mean, in the tech wreck, it actually was a prolonged stretch of time. We saw the VIX probably in the mid-20s for an extended period. And we're going on months now before the market finally rolled over in that March of 2000. Last, in the last quarter of last year, actually, it was relatively sudden. You started to see implied volatility rise as the market was reaching its zenith. That only lasted about uh, three, four days. Hmm. So keep your eyes open. Up next, it's a bond breakout, and we will tell you why that is great news for one of our traders. We're live from the Nasdaq market site in Times Square. Don't touch that dial if you have a dial. Much more options action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at a couple of our open trades. Just last week, Dan said the bond breakdown might turn out into a, might turn into, I should say, a breakout. I think the big story this week on Wall Street was that move up in yields. We saw the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield bounce really right back to that breakdown level. And I think that breakdown level is really important there, just below 2%. When the prices of options in the TLT go up, it's been this year, they've been going up when the TLT's been going up. When the TLT was trading at 135 today, you could buy the March 135, 150 call spread paying $3.50. The TLT is up about 2% since that trade. So what are you doing now, Dan? Yeah, so interesting. It bounced off that level. 135 is what we were looking at. It didn't really seem like there was tremendous upward pressure. If anything, it might have hit some big resistance as far as the yields. Um, So I like the trade. I used March specifically and a wide range to the upside because I think this is going to take some time. But this was also very near the money. Now the trade that cost 350 last week is probably worth about 450. I think you just stick it out. You want to see this play out over the next couple months. Also last week, Mike laid out a way to play Cisco into earnings. If you take a look at the October lows to where we are right now in the S&P alone, it's up about 7% from the lows in that first week. 
This obviously, even though it's had a little bit of a bounce lately, is certainly underperforming the market over a similar time frame. So the trade that we were looking at was the November-January 50 call calendar. We would be buying the longer-dated January calls and then selling the November 50 calls for $0.55. Cents. Net-net, you're spending $0.70 cents to put this trade on. Francisco actually uh, fell more than expected after earnings, so how are you managing this? Market? Yeah, so a trade like this, obviously you're betting for a move that's going to be within the implied move. It was larger than that. One of the things we said was don't catch the falling knife. Good thing not to do that. Uh, actually, the day that they announced, uh, the day following, I actually rolled into the 45 calendar. So I am actually now in the DSJAN 45 calendar. But, you know, this points out if you get the direction wrong, which we clearly did, uh, why you want to use a trade like this. Because had you bought the stock, you would have been taking a lot of pain. Here, if you happen to own that longer dated call, that's really not a lot of premium in it. I wouldn't recommend selling it. But personally, I happen to be in the uh, DSJAN 45 call calendar now. And, and what a disaster to be doing that in a market like this, with tech in particular doing what it's doing. It's tempting to think, okay, it's so bad, it's good, just walk away. Yeah. Dan, any hope for Cisco? Not right now. And I got to tell you, I, I thought the change in their guidance in the last quarter was just very profound. The fact that they disappointed two quarters in a row, I think that's telling you something about enterprise uh, network spending right now. Terrible. All right. Up next, the final call. Time for the final call. Carter. Healthcare on the long side. You can use the XLV to do it. Mike Co. January spy put spreads pay nine to one. Dan. There you go. Target. Dece. Put spreads. Don't pay that. Three to one, but I like them. That does it for us here on Options Action. See you back here next Friday at 5.30. Meantime, don't go anywhere. Mad Money starts right now.